Josh Silverberg. Game on! Talking all things sports. It's, it's game on! Yeah, game on! Game on! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. That only means one thing. It is Friday. Welcome to Game On here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Joshua Silverberg. I'm in a different location. For this week, I will actually will not be having the show next week. I will be uh, on vacation, so I will not. There will be no show next week. But the week after, I will be back. But for next week, we will not have a show. But we have a lot to get to, ladies and gentlemen. At six thirty, we are going to be talking to Forbes wrestling writer and wrestling Inc. podcast host, as well as one of the funniest people I've ever got to. Watch and listen to Alfred Kanawa will be joining us at 6 or 8 talk all things WrestleMania and all the good stuff. And I, I really want to get into how he's been doing his reviews about all the past WrestleManias and everything like that. We are also going to get up until 630. We're going to do a little baseball preview. Speedy will be joining me in a couple of minutes. I wanted to do it last week, of course, but it was such a crazy thing. And before I get to that quick story, check us out, WorldwideSportsRadio.com, and check us out on our free app. Just type in WWSRN, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. So much more. Uh, get into a little Aaron Rodgers conversation. When is this trade going to happen? And stuff like that. And we are going to start, you know, you know we're going we're going to give it. Uh, we're going to start with that first before we get speedy on for the baseball. And the whole Aaron Rodgers situation is this. We've gone back and forth with this, right? We we really have um, talked about it nonstop in regards to where everything stands with Aaron Rodgers and with the New York Jets. It's interesting because you look at the scenario and the way it's being played out. There was talks of they wanted a first-round pick. They were being unreasonable, blah, blah, blah. Then reports came out. Then Brian Gutenkus met at the owners' meetings in Arizona. And Joe Douglas spoke. And Robert Salas spoke. And Michael, uh, Matt LaFleur spoke. Everybody talked about it. And pretty much it seems there's going to be, at some point, it, there's going to be an agreement. There's going to be no first-round pick involved. What I do think is eventually going to happen is this. The New York Jets are going to trade one of their two second-round picks. And I think they're going to trade a conditional pick for next year. I think it's going to be a third-rounder. Now, the conditions will probably be like this. If Rodgers comes back, it's a second-round pick. If they win a Super Bowl this year or next, uh, obviously this year, 
then that condition jumps all the way to a first-round pick. Uh, and, and the New York Jets want compensation back as well for it. If Rodgers decides he's only going to play one year, well, the Jets want to have a backup plan and get a third-round pick involved in with this. Because to me, the thing of it is, is this. Everybody's been sending me articles and everything, why the New York Jets should go after Lamar Jackson and everything. Then I'm not discrediting Lamar Jackson. I like Lamar Jackson. Here's the issue with the Lamar Jackson situation. One, Lamar represents himself. That already is a massive issue uh, because you're not dealing with an agent. You're dealing with the person, what he thinks his value is worth. Number two, he wants a Deshaun Watson contract. Now, do I think Lamar Jackson is better than Deshaun Watson? Yes, I do. The problem is Jimmy Haslam and the Cleveland Browns decided to screw up the entire market um, and give Deshaun Watson that egregious contract that is going to definitely hinder Lamar's market. And number three, you have to change the entire offense with Lamar from the scheme, the players, everybody like that needs to adjust. To me, the, the, the biggest problem with that whole thing is this. Lamar becomes a massive injury risk. Going forward, if you did give Lamar that money, that's a big problem. And the other problem is this. Lamar could get the contract from the Jets. The Ravens can either do two things. One, the Ravens could just match it, and you're basically doing what the Ravens' job for them. Number two, you're trading two premium picks, first-round picks, to Baltimore for Lamar. Um, I think Lamar needs to be more realistic with what he's asking for because I understand he wants a Deshaun Watson contract. Here's the truth. Deshaun Watson did not earn that contract. He didn't. And Lamar needs to sit there and say to himself, look, I'm not – am I better than Lamar? Am I better than Deshaun Watson? Of course I am. But at the same time, no team is going to even come close to wanting um, to – um, is going to even be close to giving him the Deshaun Watson contract. Nobody's going to want that. The, the, you know, the, 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 the biggest issue is this. The Ravens know the market. And here's the, and here's the thing. And people are going to say I'm crazy for saying this. I could 100% see Lamar just sitting out this year and not playing. Because clearly the Ravens want him back, but he doesn't want to go back to Baltimore. He's asked for a trade. Go huh, go figure five minutes right before John Harbaugh is about to speak to the media at the owners' meetings. But the, again, the Ravens know whichever team is going to try to do this, they're just going to match it or they're going to get two premium picks. And this is the problem when you don't have an agent, you represent yourself. Now, I feel for Lamar in this perspective because I believe he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. The issue is the injuries, the money he wants, and the fact that Baltimore could just match it. It's no coincidence that not a single team from the Jets to the Commanders to the Falcons to the Colts, all of these teams, the Patriots, all of these teams need quarterbacks. None of them are going after Lamar. Okay, the Jets have set their sights on Rodgers. The Falcons are going to go with the. Um, they're going to go. What I, Speedy remembers his name. Uh, the kid from 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 University of Cincinnati. 
the quarterback. The commanders seem to go with either Hal or they're going to draft the quarterback. The Colts are going to do the same thing. Desmond Ritter for the Falcons. And, you know, the Patriots are going to go with Mac Jones. And I think I think right now Lamar is stuck. And I don't know how long this is going to linger. You know, Lamar has to be traded. Baltimore doesn't want to trade him. No team is interested in signing Lamar because of what he's asking for. There's a lot of moving parts in this that need to be ironed out that it's just not going to have happened. Um, but the Jets and the, the Packers will get this deal done for Aaron Rodgers. There's no rush. Because honestly, if the Packers don't trade him before the draft, which they will, they're not going to get those pre- that premium top second round pick. The picks could be worse next year. They want to get this deal done, the Packers. They want to get rid of Rodgers. We know that. And everything that's been going on, that's the he said this, he said that between Gutenkoos, Murphy, and Rogers. There's bad blood now. It's really just something that is going to just need time and patience. Joe Douglas has said there's no urgency. Woody Johnson has said there's no urgency. He wants to get it done, but there's no urgency. The Packers would like to get this done before the draft so they could get the premium second round pick and get another pick with conditions to it. And that's just what it's going to be. And I understand the Jets have a chance at the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but guys, 39 years old, he might only play one year. And there's no guarantee they're going to win the Super Bowl. Heck, I'm a Jet fan. I wouldn't be surprised if this whole thing fell flat on their face. But the Jets are going to be in the conversation with Aaron Rodgers. That's about So we have about 10 more minutes before Alfred uh, uh, Kanawa is going to come on with us. So I'm going to bring Speedy in here who was supposed to join me last week. And, of course, um, that did not happen. So, Speedy, whenever you want to hop in and then and, and join 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 the fray, waiting on you. Unless, Speedy, there he is. I was, like, wondering what was going on there. So, Speedy knows the story. So, I, really quick, I was going to tell before. I was all ready to do the show. I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be good. I'm getting home at a certain time. This is going to be perfect. All of a sudden, the ETA on my Google Maps goes from like 5.30, which I'm like, okay, Speedy and Speedy knows. I usually hop on about, what, 10, 15 minutes before the show, sometimes five minutes. The ETA then goes out to like 6.22, and I go, wait a minute. Something just happened. And I tried to go to another area, and I couldn't get to it. The problem is when when I pop on Speedy and I, we test things out, of course, with the mics and everything like that and the systems to make sure they're working. So that takes about, what, five minutes? Everything works. I said to Speedy, I said, by the time I get on the show and it starts doing commercials, it's going to be 6.40. The show's going to be, what is it, 20 minutes left in the show? Uh Speedy, what's wrong? You look miserable. What happened? Is it the Verlander news? Well, Verlander news is just typical at this point, so who knows? It's it's classic Mets again. Well, Jeff, unfortunately, uh, likes to joke about this all the time. The Mets season doesn't start until somebody's hurt. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the facts. But look, um, we're going to do a baseball preview quick. I wanted to get onto the Mets and the Yankees, do a little thing with them for about a minute. Uh, the Mets won yesterday 5-3. to three. It was a nice one for the Mets. Scherzer pitched very well up until the sixth inning where he had a little bit of a rut. But he pitched very well against, a, 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 a I think, a, a competent, good Marlins lineup with a lot of not much power but good contact hitters in Segura, Chisholm, or as uh, 
uh, you know, uh, arise, or as um, John Stern likes to call him, jazz jism, which I'm just like, I mean, I don't understand that one, but uh, hey, get that one. He's old um, enough to remember jazz when it was still a, a, a prominent music form. Yeah, exactly. And and look, we heard the Verlander news yesterday. Um, it's very, very look. He even said it. Listen, I was talking to Errol about it. Neither one of us are in the medical field. Okay, Frankie and Jeff and all of them want to make comments, and and that's fine. It, it's rightfully so. I, I'm, I'll give you a little tidbit on what I think. I think the Mets are going to win 85 to 90 games this year, and they'll get a wild card spot. That's that's what I think they're going to do. Um, then again, I thought the Mets were only going to get 88 wins last year, and they wound up winning 101. Well, that happened, but it did. It's just the, the reality of the baseball season. It happens. And um, The Verlander news, Verlander said the best-case scenario would have been nothing in the MRI. The second-best-case scenario – is and, and by the way, don't pay attention to what Frankie says. So Frankie is like literally the only Yankee fan on the planet that actually lets the Mets live rent free in his head. Hmm. Um, and by the way, if Frankie saw yesterday, he says the Phillies are too good. Did he watch the Phillies bullpen yesterday when they had a and, and how great Aranola looked? It looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Five nothing. Boom, gone. Phillies bullpen, a uh, a great uh, a great uh, stress giver to their fans. Giovanni Soto looks just the part for the Phillies so far. He was an, a great player last year. Goes to the Phillies bullpen, stinks. Um, I think I wanted the Mets to trade for him. Yeah, you know. Well, you know. I mean, small sample size, but still. Of course. Yeah, I saw Bryce Harper. He's out till uh, July or August, isn't he? Yep. Frankie yeah, says, "Did you see Bryce Harper? He's out till July." Uh, if we saw Bryce Harper, it wasn't on the field. Let me ask you this. Frankie, did you see Reese, Hos- Reese Hoskins? Maybe he Derek, should... Hall's, Derek Hall's playing first base now. Maybe, maybe you should ask Frankie if he saw Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins. No, listen, let me tell you. The Phillies have a great team. Phillies have a fantastic team. Riamuto, Turner, Schwarber, right? Those are the big three. After that, go look at the rest of that lineup for the Phillies right now. Do you see any anybody imposing? And I mean, if you want to put, I don't want to put Bowman there yet. But do you see anybody in that lineup other than those three right now imposing to you in that lineup for the Phillies right now? Everyone else is inconsistent, but that's I think they're you still Brandon Marsh. I think they're still capable, though. The Castellanos is good. Marsh was good. Is, hold on, you say Castellanos is Castellanos good, or was it just a predicament of him playing in Cincinnati in the Reds' ballpark? Well, he was good at the Tigers too, but still, like it, he was really bad in the first you know, half of last year, ago. and then it took a while to get it going. So, I mean, no, but what I'm saying, I'm just saying these guys are capable, though. It's, look, I'm saying to you this: the Braves are the best out of all the teams, no doubt. The Braves are the best of all teams because here's the problem too: the Phillies don't have a closer. Do you know who the Phillies' closer is right now? <laughs> Probably Gregory Soto at this point. No, it's not. It's Craig Kimbrell. Oh God, that's right. I forgot yeah, they it's had Craig him. Kimbrell, who was good six years ago. You're right. I forgot. Um, I completely forgot they had him. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell's their closer. Um, I think the Phillies. Listen, and you know what? We'll get into the playoff. We'll get. Let's get into the baseball preview season right now. So we'll start with the National League East because clearly that's where we're starting. So this is the funny thing. Frankie says the Phillies are too good, and then he says Hoskins. Nah. Cassiano's average player, you're 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 making my argument even better. 
I mean, you know. <laughs> and listen, I'm all for turning Real Muto having great years around my fantasy team. <laughs> I'm all for them having great years this year. That's fine. I think the Braves are the class of that team. Um, to me, the Braves are the best team they have. The starting pitching. Now, of course, Max Fried hurt his hamstring yesterday. Um, hamstrings, we never know with them. Um, never have a clue with them. Uh, so, to me, right now, I would say the Braves are the class of the East. The Phillies, I would say, are second, and the Mets are third. And I would say the Phillies and the Mets get two of the wild card spots. The Central, I'm going to say the Cardinals. Um, easy. Even though, what's his name? Hesley blew a game yesterday, too. It's like the Cardinals just can't have good luck with closers. It's unbelievable. Rebirth Jordan Guy Hicks. had a great end of the season two years ago. Boom, he stunk last year. Now, Maybe they'll Hesley try Jordan Hicks again. <laughs> Maybe they'll try Jordan Hicks again. You know? Oh, well, you know. I mean, it's so I like the Cardinals there. And then I like the Padres one and the Dodgers two. Um, although I will say this, if Musgrove or Darvish get hurt, the depth on that team is awful for the Padres. That's what scares me with them the most. But it's funny, like we talk about the National League. Um, and actually, Frankie, you're wrong. You should go on sports media websites. Everybody makes predictions about before the season. That's why they're called season previews. You know, wink, wink. Uh, you know, I know Frankie had surgery recently on his, you know, on his, on his shoulder or anything. Maybe might need surgery on his brain at this point. Um, right now, you have the Braves getting the division east, the Cardinals in the central, the Padres in the west. Dodgers take a wild card spot. The Phillies take a wild card spot. It would come down to the Mets and the Brewers. And who's better, the Mets or the Brewers? The Mets. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the Brewers got shut out by Marcus Stroman yesterday. Hello. Hey. It's, you know, I mean, it's, you know. So, Speedy, would you agree with me on those way it would line up to be with that, the way I had it as those three teams wild card spot? Would you switch? Maybe would you switch the Dodgers with the Padres? Uh, no, I had the Padres as my NL West winner, too. Uh, the Dodgers could be contingent on if they are able to trade for somebody like Shohei Otani at the trade deadline, if that ends up happening. Maybe they could, but uh, I, I'll take the Padres as of now, just with the unknown factor. Uh, I'm with you on the Cardinals. They're going to probably be a, like a lower-level division winner. I could see them only being... Like at 86 games. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, yeah, I think the Central's horrible. Right. I think, the, I think the Brewers and Cubs will be like fringe 500 teams, but they're not there yet. Their Brewers offense too tough to trust. The Cubs pitching definitely too tough to trust. And the NLEs have the same order as you. Braves probably by like a five or six game gap winner. And then the Mets or Phillies are both like low nineties. Yep, yep, that's that's and then in the, and then in the American League, I have the Yankees in the East, the Guardians in the Central, and the Astros in the West. And my three wild card spots I have are Toronto. I have uh, Tampa and I have Seattle again. It's the same thing as last year. I don't, Texas is not making a jump. You know, they're not, they got DeGrom, by the way, really quickly. And this was my concern with DeGrom. And I said this to Speedy in a text today. What I saw from DeGrom yesterday was DeGrom I saw in the second half. Great first inning. Location was there. It was after the second inning. Um, you know, my, my father meant, made note of this, um, and I and I took the note. Um, the White Sox are horrible. 
the White Sox are not good. He says don't count the White Sox. Oh, God. No. White Sox are one of the most overrated teams. They're not good, the White Sox. They're not, they, 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 they don't have enough offense. They just lost to Brayu. They don't have any offense. <clears throat> and other, like, maybe Dylan Cease. Other than Cease, are you going to trust Lance Lynn a whole year? That's, you know, but the thing of it is with DeGrom, he had no swing and miss stuff after this in, in seconding on. He had no swing and miss stuff. Nothing. It just felt different. What do you see in the American League, Speedy? So I have a little, I have a little different than you. I actually have a little more faith in the White Sox only because of all the injuries they had last year and they still were in it to the they end. They lost to Brayu though. They lost to Brayu, which is going to hurt, but I think getting Jimenez and uh, Luis Robert back who were out pretty much the whole season last year is going to help him. I still like Michael Kopech. I think he's a very good young pitcher that again, his, his role is is to be determined, but I still think he's a very good and sees I think is fantastic. He, should, he was runner up for a Cy Young last year and the Guardians, I still like, too. I, it's going to be a tight race the whole way. I just think uh, they were healthy for much of the season last year, and now they have Tristan McKenzie hurt. So uh, the White Sox so far have been healthy. We'll see if it lasts. But I, I have them. Well, um, them. I agree with you on the rest of the playoff teams, except I have the Orioles in instead of the Rays. I think it'll be a close race. Okay, no, that's fair. So I I have, like that. I by the way, who was the catcher on the Rangers? Jonah Heim. He was horrible. He could not catch the Grom yesterday. <laughs> Maybe the Mets have to trade for, or the Rangers have to trade for Tomas Nito. I'll tell you what, what can we get back for him? <laughs> Their wives look good yesterday. I know. I have the same AL playoff teams as you. I have Seattle as the wild card. Astros win the division. Um, I have the Yankees, Blue Jays, and the Orioles in that order in the AL East, and then uh, I just have the White Sox in the West and the Central. That's the only difference. Cleveland is close. They're my first team out, and the Rays are my second team out. It's I like play. Cleveland too much. I think there's too much talent on that Cleveland team. You saw it last year. They almost beat the Yankees in that in that. Uh, division series we're gonna go to break we're gonna come back alfred should be in at this moment and when we come back we're gonna get uh alfred kanawa who writes performance wrestling as well as wrestling in podcast host and a, and a very funny comedian he's gonna pop on and talk a little wrestle mania because it is happening tomorrow night we'll go away we'll be right back here on game one you're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network Game on! Game on! We're, We're back! back. Oh. You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here with Game On on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, joining you every single Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. We have our guest hello, hello. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a wrestling writer for Forbes, a wrestling podcast, and he's one of the funniest people. If you haven't seen any of his comedy acts or anything like that, it's a Hysterical. I have talked about his WrestleMania reviews because they're awesome, especially the Virgil one, which is fantastic. <laughs> Alfred Conowal. Alfred, how are you, man? Great, man. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> Alfred, I know the last time you were here on the network was on Off the Mat, Alex and Lyle. I was on my maternity leave. I wasn't able to be at that show. I really wanted to get you on because it was something a couple of days ago. I started watching your WrestleMania reviews and I said, I got to get this guy on because they are hysterical, funny, <laughs> and Awesome and great. 21 dead bodies. 22 dead bodies. Yes. Can you believe no more dead bodies after WrestleMania 30? Uh, it's crazy. It really is wild. And the Virgil thing was the best. And that's after the Virgil one, I said I got to get him on. Because I, that was the peak of everything. But how are you? How's your family doing? How's everything going? Everything's great, man. You know, it's WrestleMania week. So it's been a lot of shows, a lot of events and press junkets. I've, 
Got some great interviews that I can't wait to roll out. Uh, so it's been fun. I'm going to be going to SmackDown tonight, which is going to be a fun show before WrestleMania. That Hall of Fame should be pretty lit because Rey Mysterio is getting inducted and it's probably going to get ruined by Dominic and Rhea. So I've loved WrestleMania in the LA area because I didn't have to travel. Uh, just had to go places around my backyard here in LA and it's been great. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I wanted to get your, when did you start becoming a wrestling fan yourself? That's number one. And number two, what made you say, this week, I'm going to do all these WrestleMania reviews and I'm going to give them numbers and I'm going to get into details with certain aspects of the shows because the thing is, the things that you touch based on is things that people don't talk about on the show. Like, that's really like a big thing. Like, you talked about the one in Dallas where it's, you said you could remember it because it might have just ended or something like that because it was <laughs> a long show. When did you start becoming a wrestling fan and what made you want to do these WrestleMania reviews? Um, I mean, I've been watching wrestling my whole life and I've always loved it. I know we always have friends who we watch wrestling with and then they grow out of it. I just never was one of those people. Uh, when I found out it was fake, I liked it more because like I would have a friend <laughs> who would show up to school and he would always know what was going to happen because he'd read those dirt sheets. And when I found out about that, it just made me obsessed with it. Like, okay, well, I want to look at it from that standpoint. And I like to think that creative types, like you and I, will like wrestling more when we find out it's fake because we like that creative process. Instead of just having to fall for it being real and then getting disappointed when we find out it's not, when we find it it's fake, we're like, oh, well, then how do they make that? So uh, that's pretty much my journey in terms of wrestling fan. I've never stopped watching it. And I've always loved WrestleMania. And I really like that you like those videos. You get so much work into them, man. Do you get through all the medias here? Or did you not get through all yes. them yet? Yeah, so today was WrestleMania 38. So I did do all 38 of them. Um, I tried to stay about a week ahead to where I would have them scheduled maybe a week in advance so that I didn't find myself having to rush because I knew I was going to be busy for actual WrestleMania week. Which, thank God, I had like the seven videos done this week because I don't know how I would have been able to get them done. Uh, but... I just love WrestleMania and I wanted to just kind of do something on my channel to like celebrate that WrestleMania was happening. So I just reviewed all of them in a minute, you know, instead of having it be like a mere, more of a long winded review. Yeah, no, you didn't I go to the six it. hours like they did in Dallas. You, yeah, you, exactly. You actually a normal time. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these cards are so long that it's like, no, there's no way I'm going to just sit here and review these videos in, in like a, what, with WrestleMania 32, it'd probably be in a 30 minute video reviewing all these matches. Instead, I'll try to take what I remember from it, what I think were the highlights, and then, you know, kind of joke around, add some jokes in it. And I love that people have engaged, and I really appreciate the kind words, especially because some of my favorite moments were talking about Virgil, like that Virgil promo oh from God. WrestleMania 8. I just, the <laughs> nose broke. What was, it, what was the promo again? Well, who's going to help? What is <laughs> It's so funny because it, it was Virgil, I think Big Boss Man, Hacksaw Jim Delgan, and like Sergeant Slaughter. And the other three just cut these great automatic systematic promos. We're going to fight. We're going to scratch claw. We're going to get you. And then they get to Virgil and he's got a nose protector. Your nose will be protected. But who's going to protect you? It's your nose. Your nose. <laughs> and then at the end of the video, you go, get him, Virg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get him, Virg. Nose. My nose will be protected. But who's going to protect your nose? Oh, and it's man. Like, yeah, you tell him, Virg. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, FYI, you were 100% correct on the bad apple with WrestleMania 29. It was a bad apple. Um, it was so funny. I think it was Raj Jerry 
asked the question, what's a memorable WrestleMania match you still watch? And he gave his, and I said, oh, you mean you don't watch Mark Henry versus Ryback at 29 over and over and over again? <laughs> yeah, seriously, I forgot about that match until you mentioned it. And yeah, I think, was, yeah, Mark Henry went over there. Ryback, his legs completely collapsed under him because he couldn't lift Henry. Yeah. Yeah, Henry fell on him, and that was a finish. I remember, because it was a bad apple, but it did have that one great match with CM Punk, Punk and The Undertaker. Yep. And that just kind of exposed the card, because it was like, once that match happened and got to that high, nothing on that show came close. And no, of course like, not, because other than that. You know, tr you had Triple H Brock, which... I, I don't know. I, it was a match we all looked forward to seeing, but the problem was, I was like, okay, Triple H is also older now. I don't know if Brock's heart is all in it at this point. We all knew Cena was beating The Rock because The Rock was going back to Hollywood. We all knew what that was going to be. And the problem was, you're not going to top the year before because the year before that, everybody assumed Cena was going to win. That was the yeah. biggest thing because they said yeah. Cena's the case of the company. The Rock's a part-timer. There's no way they're going to let The Rock beat Cena. The Rock won. And to me, it was fascinating. I mean, I was going to appear for Fandango, by the way, in that match against Jericho, just FYI, in my section. Everybody was, like, telling me to shut up. And then he <laughs> won, and I was like, yes. That's <laughs> 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 so crazy. And he was over. Yeah, and that yeah. song that he had, da 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 I liked Fandango. And I said this in the video that I don't think it was entirely his fault that it didn't quite catch. Like, they gave him the win. You know what's funny? I just thought about this. It kind of reminds me of what's happening to Action Andretti right now. Oh, Jericho man. Jericho puts the guy over, makes him look like a million bucks, sets him up to be a superstar, and then the company does not follow up the way they're supposed they even, to. You don't even hear about him anymore. No. He has, like, these one-off matches and everything like that. But, but the thing of it is, is that I'm actually – I want to know if you feel the same way. I'm looking forward to this mania this weekend because, one, this is the first meet that Triple H is running. It, it, it supposedly, now that Vince is back in the company, but supposedly that Triple H is running the show. I actually like how the card is set up. I feel like last year, night one was so overstacked, and night two was just, you had Brock and Roman last year, and it was going to be a tough sell. I feel like this year, they kind of split it nicely. And it also sounds like, um, there it, it also sounds like Alfred, they're going to change the main event for night one. It's not going to be the women's match anymore, which is what they wanted it. It's going to be the tag team match, which I think we all think it should be mm -hmm. because you're going to start to see attention in the, in the bloodline because it sounds like Roman is going to be going part time. Hollywood rolls, it seems like he's starting to get he's going the rock, seeing the segue with him. That's where he's got to be creative. Do you like how the cards are set up for both nights this year? Or do you think maybe one night is more stacked than the other? No, I think they've done a good job distributing all the matches through both nights. I looked at night one and night two, and they announced that on first take, I think it was this week. And I was thinking, okay, there are going to be multiple matches on each night that like I cannot wait to see. And I, as much as I think Charlotte and Rhea in the ring is going to be great, and even if they were in a main event spot, they could live up to that. But if you're looking at these stories, that absolutely should not be the main event. No, definitely. It shouldn't even be the second most considered main event. I think Ray and Dominic should headline if, you know, if Sammy and KO don't. I was going to say to you, that's what I was going to say to you, because I feel like yeah. any Bloodline story right now, that's who should be the main event. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they, I, this is going to be Rhea's redemption, right? Because she lost the NXT match um, a couple years ago when it was the pandemic. Which, by the way, I was supposed to go to that Mania. And then, you know, crap hit the fan oh, with, I'm you sorry. know, the pandemic happened. When they announced it, I was like, they really haven't been the Rhea Charlotte match until, like, the last couple of weeks where, like, Dominic's had to get involved to be a douche. Right. And, like, bring up Andrade in some pers- in some perspective in this whole thing. I said, there's no way you can't have that taxi match be the main event because Owens and Zayn, especially Sammy, is so – and actually, between you and me, I like – K.O. is one of my favorite guys. They're, they're so over right now with the storyline. you got to make the bloodline the main event both nights because you're going to see both times, I think – they're going to lose their belts, and you're going to start to see dissension in the bloodline. Yes. That's the, would you agree that that's beyond the best storyline in wrestling right now? AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, anything. I would go further and say it's the best storyline on television right now, or at least one of them of all the shows I watch. So The Last of Us just ended. So that's not in consideration right now. So I would put the bloodline as one of the best storylines <laughs> on TV. And it's funny because now I'm in this mode of I've been reviewing all these WrestleManias. And one thing I when I'm writing my reviews, it's like, what was the thing this year? What were people remembering going up to this WrestleMania? When we talk about this, this is the year of the bloodline. So absolutely, each night they should headline. I don't like this discussion of, oh, we got to be equal with the women. Equality is so overrated. It's about equity. It's about giving them what they need to get to the same level. And the women have that. Okay, there are women who absolutely can main event, who have main evented. I thought when Bianca Belair and Sasha main evented at WrestleMania 37, they absolutely should have been that main event. But this year, it isn't a women's match. No, I agree. And even even one of years ago, with with Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte, that should have been the main event. I think they they built that storyline perfectly. And between you and me, I like the Charlotte Rhea match. The thing is, I'm even more excited for the for the for the for the Bianca Oscar match. Yeah. Because I think to me, I like Oscar's obviously taking her character, her old character from the days in Japan, and brought it here. And you have Bianca, who's on a pedestal right now that people are not realizing how long she's held that belt for. Yeah, I, I she's how many days she's been. The longest you know? reigning WWE or black champion in WWE history. And she's also about to be the longest reigning Raw women's champion. I think she's going to break that record too. Yeah. And we've never seen them. I don't think we've ever seen Bianca Belair and Asuka have like a full-fledged match, not a pay-per-view match. So absolutely. And they've done a good job of keeping them apart. You haven't seen any physicality, which happens with a lot of storylines in the Triple H era. And that's what I like. That's very old school. It's like no. you wait until the pay-per-view to let them touch. I agree to 100%. And I love that you brought the Dominic Ray one. And they made that night one. Because personally, I thought what they were going to do is they were going to um, – they were I, I originally what I heard a rumor was they were gonna make Brock and Omos night one, which I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around where they're going with this one because it's like what I'm hearing is Brock is done after this because Vince isn't in charge anymore. He's gonna maybe put Omos over what should be night one edge, Finn be night one, but now they made it night two with the hell in the cell. Personally, I think that's actually what's gonna be the first match. Night two, I think that's probably mm. going to be the opener. Will be the hell of a match, which I think would be a banger if they do that. Because um, I was at Full Gear in November, and and I was like, in my head, they're going to make 
the trios match, the opener with the with with the young bucks, the elite versus that triangle. And they made the cage match. That was a great banging first match. So I, you know, I feel like something like that can drive a crowd, especially because Alfred, you know, night one, yeah. there's gonna be so much going on. Like last year, Austin wrestled night one, and you're thinking, okay, yeah. what do we do in night two? How are we even gonna top this? And I said to myself, they're in a no-win situation now. They can't because Stone Cold just wrestled night one. You can't top that. It's done. Night two is finished. This year, I feel like there's certain aspects where they split the card up nicely. But I'm glad you brought up Dom and Ray. Where do you see them fitting on that card? Because that's another storyline. You said it yourself. That could be a main event match, too. Personally, I'm a little surprised they didn't make that the first match. They went with Tina Theory. Mm -hmm. But I could see why they're doing it. Because it's, it's, you know, between Cena's schedule... Pop, everything there. Where are your thoughts on where Dom and Ray can fit on this nightmare card? Because you don't want to, you don't want them to hide in the middle of the card, right? Like, right. But I guess, I mean, honestly, I think that might be where it is. And I think they I mean, set Kofi it up. Did that. Kofi Bryant did that and it worked out well. What's that? Kofi, I Bryant? Kofi and, and yes. Bryant did that. They, they were, it worked well, but they probably should have made that the main event. Maybe. Yeah. You're right. And, Absolutely. I think they set it up to where maybe it follows a couple of matches that are going to bring the crowd down. Maybe, I don't know if the Fatal 4-Way is on night one. That I could see coming before Ray and Dom. I'm going to look it where, up. Yeah. You know, the people come down and then you have that Ray and Dom match so that uh, they, they don't have to follow anything in pain. And then after that, maybe you have a couple because that's going to be a hard match to follow. Yeah. I No, I agree with you because then you're also going to have Rollins and Paul which I think is going to be fantastic. I mean, Logan Paul can handle himself in the ring. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you have Seth, who's one of the best in the world, in my opinion. I don't care anybody says. Seth Rollins can wrestle anybody. He can make anybody look like a million bucks. You have the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match, the Showcase match. They're doing the Showcase matches this year. That was a, that's a new one. I guess they're just trying to make a presentation trope for everybody. <laughs> and then you have, like I said, Ray Dons, the Usos. So I guess you could probably fit that in the middle. Because Cena Theory is starting the show, which is good. Yeah, you know, I don't mind it because again, it's also seen the schedule. That's that's really what it comes down to. I wanted to get to you this before we get back to the car. I don't go all over the place with this. And by the way, we're talking to uh, Leslie Forbes and a podcast on Wrestling Inc. and one of the funniest people. If you haven't seen any of his comments, I'm going YouTube, going his link tree. He has all of his stuff on there. It's hysterical. I did hear the story about how his father, when he was watching the Forbes Center, by the way, with his father, <laughs> I did hear that was comic. I don't know if we could say that on the air about how that's going, but you know, no, but that was you. that was comical. Thank you, man. Um, check it out for sure. You know, Alfred Connolly was here. When you look at the way that, the, you know, when you, when you heard what Nick Khan said the other day, right, on uh, First Take, he said, we're expecting a lot of surprises this year. Mm-hmm. And they said that this again is, in the video with Carmella. What does he mean? Because we saw Gangrel's, I mean, imagine Gang, because we know Bow is doing his demon gimmick, which means Edge is doing his brood gimmick, and I'm seeing Gangro's traveling to LA. They're doing the brood thing. The Rock was doing a simulation with a flight thing today. I don't know what that was all about. I'd be surprised if it... I mean, I still don't know how you can't have The Rock there when it's in LA. That would be kind of hard to not do. What surprises do you think when you hear Nick Khan say we're expecting a lot of surprises for people to be surprised? Because you also have the night after Raw, maybe... Because, you know, Jay White's a free agent. Yeah. You heard Jay White's name thrown around. I actually think that's the next guy that's going to challenge for the championship when he comes in. 
what surprises do you think Nick Khan is alluding to for WrestleMania in your eyes? I mean, Jay White does come to mind. He is the big fish out there right now. So who knows whether or not WWE has landed his services. I also half expect Jay White could show up at NXT Stand and Deliver. You know, um, I would have no problem with Jay White on NXT. I think NXT would need his services more than WWE. I can't say with full confidence that he would just slide right into the main roster and they would push him to the moon. But Jay White is definitely a consideration. I also think that Naomi, Trinity, who knows? I was at Wale Mania last night. God, it was lit. I had a great time. I but saw some of the videos. You saw the, they all had a, I, I saw Solo even spoke. That was a miracle. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Solo was so awesome. That guy's going to be such a big star. Oh, uh, 100%. Absolutely. Naomi is still very over. The crowd, it was funny because they would mention her name and everybody would explode. And then she actually shows up and they went even more crazy. And, you know, she did make it seem like she's not with WWE anymore. Um, and we have heard that she's not signed with them. But anything could happen. I could see a Trinity or a Naomi showing up. Maybe they implement that as part of the blood storyline, bloodline storyline. Maybe her involvement with the bloodline is going to be where they go in the absence of Roman Reigns. Because what I could see happening is Roman Reigns goes away for a while. And Jay Uso kind of takes over as the factor leader. Starts making decisions and adding people to the bloodline that Roman Reigns is not okay with. And that's where the tension comes when he comes back. It's like, what did you do to my kingdom? Uh, so I could see something like that. I mean, I'm just like, I'm just... CM Punk is in LA too. Just putting that out there. Imagine <laughs> that happens. Maybe a ride on everybody's hands if that's the case. I mean, Tony <laughs> Khan, they had an agreement and, you know, uh, then Khan and then inside the post stuff on Instagram, you know, because I do want to get into more. I know you have to run and get to the show and everything like that, so I don't want to hold you up too much longer. Uh, when you look, I have my co-worker at work. He's a massive Roman Reigns fan. And that, sits, that doesn't sit well with me because I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan. And I think Cody has earned the right to have this moment where he has had this long now the promos and it's going to be epic tonight too with their promo is I mean they've touched things on AEW the gimmicks Romans you know uh, oh the bloodline being broken up stuff like that people are saying that Roman could still win this match Sunday because of the record breaking championship run can you actually see Roman winning this match because I feel like if that happens, where does Cody even go from here? Then, hundred percent, I could see Roman win this match. I think that's what's going to make it such a great main event. It could happen then. Yeah, you know from watching my channel that I love Cody Rhodes. I do think he's going to win. I think they've set him up to win this match. I don't think there's a way that they should have Cody lose. I do see a universe where Roman Reigns wins. WWE loves these milestones, the thousand days. That's something that they love promoting. They love their big numbers and milestones, and Roman Reigns is close to one. Uh, but I really think Cody has to win, just based on how over he's gotten, how everybody's on board with him. That nobody's turned on him the way they thought that people would when Sami Zayn was getting hot. It's time. The universe is aligned for Cody Rose to win. But I can see a universe where Roman Reigns retains. That's what's going to make this so great is that the near falls are going to be believable. I think they're going to have spots in here that lead you to believe that, oh, God, Roman Reigns is going to retain. I hope that does not happen because I really do think it's going to really hurt Cody Rhodes. And it's really going to piss people off in ways that 
WWE has not done in a long time in the Triple H era. They've rebuilt their trust. We love this product. So now that we're all on board, don't pull the rug from under us on the last night of WrestleMania and send people home pissed off. That will undo a lot of the good of the Triple H era. Now I gotta get back. We're gonna get back to WWE once again. I got a few more for you, and I'm gonna let you run. I'm very excited for the show tonight. Not even the SmackDown show. I'm gonna try to tune in. I am out. I'll try to tune in. There's another show on tonight, though. That looks absolutely yes. epic. Be fired. And now that they just added Daniel Garcia versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, wow! And Sabata is wrestling at this show. Boy, Ring of Honor did a really good job this weekend <laughs> for this show. <laughs> they took, they said, "All right, we're going to pull some New Japan guys out, and we're going to put them in the show, and then we're going to put a guy over like Eddie Kingston, who's as over as anybody." And we're going to put him in the main event against Claudio because they have one of the biggest rivalries in the indie wrestling scene history. In your honest opinion, how do you expect that Ring of Honor show to compete tonight, being it the weekend of WrestleMania? Because I still do feel like it's going to it's going to draw well. It's only mm-hmm. thirty bucks, I think, to watch it. Not expensive. How well do you think it sucks? You're not going to be able to be there because I know you're, you're going to SmackDown and to see the Hall of Fame, which is not a bad thing, right? But when you're pulling Shibata and Tanahashi out of the out of the out of the shelf and you're saying let's go, let's put them in the show, how well do you think this show is going to draw tonight? I think there's going to be a lot of people at this show just because it is WrestleMania week. There are a lot of people in town, and there are a lot of more hardcore wrestling fans who are going to be here for a live show like Ring of Honor. There are a lot of people who are AEW-leaning, ROH-leaning, who would rather go to a show like this, uh, especially seeing such a stacked lineup. And people who they're never going to be able to see, like Tanahashi, you know? How many times is he ever going to come back to America? No, and even Shibata. Yeah, Shibata. This happened... So this happened... I'm sure you... Because, of course, you remember Lyle when you did the show with Lyle. So Lyle and I did WrestleMania weekend when it was in New York, the recent one. I think it was... What number was that? 35? Yeah. So we we did like that whole package thing. We stayed in the city for the weekend. Um, and we had tickets to the Hall of Fame. And then we announced the G1 Supercard show at the Garden. And Lon and I looked at each other and we went on the on 25 bucks. You want to go to this show instead? Yeah. Like, we'll just eat the Hall of Fame money and just go to this? And then we were like, Twenty-five bucks? Yeah, sure. What the hell? And that show was—I mean, I saw Jay White versus Okada at the Garden, which you're never going to see that again. Um, to to me was now listen. We missed Bret Hart getting attacked by a fan. I mean, that was you know. Uh, oh again, my thought, god, so scary. We thought Enzo and Cass was the real thing. Enzo and Cass attacked the Briscoes, but you were like, "What the hell is going?" And that all happened at the same time. By the way, it was very funny. It all happened at the same time. <laughs> But that's like, I feel like things like that where you say wrestling fans are all different kinds of fans are here for the weekend. Like for me, I would go to Mania Night 1 and 2. I would not go to SmackDown tonight. I'd be at the Ring of Honor show because I just want to see pure wrestling. I want to see pay-per-view type shows. Like that, I'm not saying SmackDown won't be that way tonight, but you're going to get more of the the talking and the build of the matches. We're not going to get the straight up wrestling, pure wrestling matches. And, And that's where I would stand on it. Before I let you go, give me a match for night one nobody's talking about. Give me a match night two nobody's talking about. Because for me, the night two one is the IC championship match between Gunther and Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. And for me, the night one, I know people like it about Dom and Ray, 
but I feel like it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle per se, per se. But I would also say a match I'm looking forward to tonight one is Logan Paul and Seth Rollins. What are uh, what's a match night one, and what's a match night two? I mean, that's such a great dynamic of this card. There are so many matches that have been built up so great. But then there's also ones that flew out of the under the radar. But if you see them on paper, it's like, oh, my God, this is going to be so great. And there's going to be so many matches that could steal the show. I'm going to blow your mind here. You mentioned it earlier. Brock Lesnar versus Omos is going to be so much better than people think. I think a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of pure wrestling fans who are looking at these two giants. Oh, they're so clumsy, and they're not going to have a good wrestling match. And we've seen some of these segments look a little awkward in terms of brawling. So I don't think there are any expectations here. But I'm getting uh, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at WrestleMania 33 vibes, where <laughs> a lot of people were down on that. Nobody wanted to see. I don't remember being in the press box. And when they started airing I had pneumonia watching in the hospital. Yes. Oh, really? I'm sorry about that. Well, hopefully they cured it with that great match. I'm good now. I'm healthy now. But yeah. I, was in, I was watching it on my phone with pneumonia in the hospital bed watching WrestleMania that night. That's right. I was <laughs> in the hardest game that. <laughs> That's horrible timing, man. I'm sorry about that. Hey, but like, they all grown in there. In the press box, they see Brock and Goldberg. Oh, God, here we go with these two old-timers, whatever. And they go in there for less than five minutes. And just like a monster truck rally, everybody's going crazy in the crowd in the press box. And it ends up being a great match. So I think that's what they're going to do with this Omos and Brock. They're just going to be an unapologetic monster truck rally. When Brock gives an F5 to Omos, there's going to be people in that building who are there just as casual fans who don't watch wrestling. And they're going to go crazy for him. That's all they're going to remember from the show. And I think it's going to steal the show in some ways. Oh, wow. Last question. I promise I'll let you run. What got you into the comedy world? What made you say, I want to do, because we talked about wrestling, but you have another career as well with your comedy routine and everything like that that you do. You do stand-up and it's hysterical stand-up. If you haven't seen it, guys, seriously, uh, the next time I want you, I want to get you back on the show again at some point to talk a little bit yes. more about it. One, what got you into doing comedy, and how did you start? And two, are you coming to New York at any point where we can meet up and get together at some point for you to to just shoot the shit and talk wrestling at that point? Absolutely, I'm absolutely going to New York to do comedy because there's so much stage time there, and I just met a couple of comics I did a show with, and they're from New York, and they were saying how oh, I got to come out there. I will, and I'll definitely meet up with you, Josh, when I'm out there. And I, you know what's funny? I got into comedy because of wrestling. I had a show on Bleach Report when I worked on Bleach Report. It's called WWWTF. And it was kind of like a weekend update type show, but with wrestling. Take these crazy wrestling headlines and make jokes out of them. And then I would do sketches. And I had so much fun writing that because I was writing these jokes. I had to learn how to write a joke, you know, to host this show. Yeah, because I didn't think they were very funny when I did the first episode. So I bought a joke writing book just so I could learn how to write jokes. I can better talk about wrestling and be funny about it. And I just got obsessed with it. I didn't know that there was a whole process of writing a joke. There's different types of jokes you can write and stuff like that. And I fell in love with that process to where I would write like 50 jokes a week that would be on that show. And then I'd use like the best five to 10. And after the show ended, I still loved writing. I still loved writing jokes. So I just kept writing jokes just to do it. And then eventually I was like, I should start performing these. And that just brought me to the comedy scene. If you haven't gotten a chance, please go watch now, there's a lot of them. Go watch the story about him watching SportsCenter with his father. <laughs> it's hysterical. I was I was at work today. I'm a teacher. I'm in my office watching it. Thank God. It looks like a cartoon. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, 
And then you're like, I want to teach the teacher. I want to answer. I'm like, huh, this teacher doesn't know what the hell she's getting into with him. <laughs> but listen, Alfred, before we let you go, how can the fans reach out to you on social media? How can they get a hold of you? And everything like that. And I'm going to reach out to you personally. Got to grab your number at some point. I'd love to text you back and forth during the show this weekend and just get your thoughts on everything like that for sure. Sure, sure. And if you and the fan wants to text me, uh, text me at 530. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to yeah, we'll, I'll give you my number. <laughs> that's a personal. No, that's, you know. <laughs> you no, don't want base. You uh, don't want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that you don't want that getting in the wrong hands. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Some of these AEW fans will be calling and leaving voice messages. <laughs> but I've had a great time. Hopefully we, we'll come back and do this. And uh, you can find me at this nasty on Twitter. I've been posting about WrestleMania. I've got all kinds of great stuff. On my Instagram stories, I've been posting as much as I can. Uh, at A-K-O-N-U-W-A. And that's where my comedy also is. I post multiple clips a week of my comedy there. Uh, and uh, you can hit my YouTube channel up, Pro Wrestling Bits. I have YouTube shorts go out every single day. They've gone out every single day this year, and they'll go out every single day for the rest of the year. And I'll have a couple of videos per week. I'm going to have a lot of interviews with WWE superstars, really fun superstars. Uh, Grayson Waller was really shit-talking me, and, uh, and I got him back. And Rhea Ripley cut an insane promo on him after I gassed her up to do so. I gotta watch the Bret Hart interview. I gotta watch the Bret Hart interview you did. I yes. see it on your border on Twitter, so I gotta watch that. Yeah, that's on the Forbes uh, video vault. So I think you can still find that on Forbes. Okay. I did that through Forbes. That was a lot of fun. That was great. You gotta give me the hookup. That's why sure. I'm saying you gotta like get me hook up with some of these guys. Like, you know, you wanna come on the show? Thank you so much for joining us on short notice. Like I said, I'm gonna grab your number uh, on Twitter later on. I'll DM you. We'll, we'll, we'll text her in this weekend. I hope you enjoyed this weekend, dude. I'm jealous you're going to be there. I wish I was there, uh, you know, and everything like that. I hope you have a great time. Try to watch Ring of Honor when you can. I know you'll find a way to do it. And enjoy enjoy this weekend, dude. And hopefully Cody Rhodes takes it. I, I will. Let's go, Cody. You're and sure. I'm nervous. This is good. This is good nervous. If it's you don't want to get him to break Roman's nose, that's what's happening, all right? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Thanks, Alfred. He's going to protect his nose. <laughs> Thanks, Alfred. Have a good one, all right, man? Be good. All right. You too, man. Thanks. Take care. Alfred Noah, ladies and gentlemen, joining us right before Forbes, Wrestling Inc. He's on his way to WrestleMania right now, WrestleMania weekend. It's now time for me to go because I need to go watch the Mets watch the Rangers. I'm going to go watch Ring of Honor right now. I'm going to start my WrestleMania weekend off right. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out my show and other great shows, WWSRN app, WorldWorksRadio.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch. Check out Loudmouth. Check out the Wise Guys. Check out the Weekend Crunch, The Herd. Just so all these different great platforms and shows we had. That was Alfred Kanua, ladies and gentlemen. He's fantastic. Go watch his stuff. It's comical. It's hysterical. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all have a great one. I will not be on next Friday. I will be away in Florida. Uh, but the following weekend, the following week, I will be back. I will recap WrestleMania, recap where we are with baseball. I will get to that Aaron Rodgers at that point. We're going to get to all of that and so much more because after WrestleMania, we start to plan for AEW or nothing, which is in May. Um, I was there last year. I went up there this year. Enjoy your WrestleMania weekend. Enjoy your weekend, General. Stay safe, everybody, and have a good one. Speedy, speedy. Thank you. You're listening to Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Game On. Thanks, everybody. Have a good weekend. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.